0: in Washington, D.C., which is a great time for us to catch up on this historic day with the testimony of Robert historic, Mueller. my ass. Before a couple of congressional committees. It's been going on for uh, about an hour and a half already. And to bring you up to speed, I would say re-emphasizing the fact that this is not a courtroom. This is just about public opinion. That's this is all not this a is. monkey court. <laughs> this is all about public opinion. And I think uh, some points have been scored on both sides. The way media works is... Uh, Whatever your preconceived uh, you know opinion was, that's the media you'll take in. Sure. And you'll see the points scored for your side only.
1: Right. Well, I'm already seeing it as my phone is blowing up with news alerts. Here's the Washington Post's headline. The president was not exculpated for the acts that he allegedly committed. I was about so to as just... it
0: turns out, exculpated is a word. Yeah. So <laughs> that was the opening. And, I, you know, Gerald Nadler might have done all he needed to do for his side with the opening questioning today to get Robert Mueller to answer the question, Did you exonerate the president? And Mueller said, No. Right. And the president has said a thousand times, I was totally exonerated, totally. Right. So even though that doesn't mean anything. Well, and as was pointed out subsequently, you
1: don't exonerate people, do you? That's not your job. Well, no, not really.
0: But I'll tell you what, if if I'm playing the political game... I like the fact that I get to put up Trump's quotes, roll audio tape of him saying he's exonerated, show all the tweets, and then play Mueller saying he was not exonerated. Right, and if you watch the trump Hayden networks, you'll see
1: it a thousand times. I think it will have a gnat's farts worth of effect on the upcoming
0: election. Some Republicans have made the point throughout the day so far that, yeah, as Joe said, that's not what we do. You don't, court. courtrooms don't exonerate you. Prosecutors don't exonerate you. They just, you're either guilty or they, they they end it there. Has Mueller been exculpated? I hope. In my I, opinion, I, no. Every time I say that, I think, do people understand that? I guess you either understand that by now or you don't. And, oh my gosh, I you think can't the percentage of people who
1: actually get that and care about it, I think is quite small. You can't completely clear yourself. You can't prove a negative. No, there are bad things I've done that there's no, nobody could ever nail me on it. But you can't
0: exonerate me for it I did it did you, have you had an affair you say no I can't prove you had an affair but I can't so exonerate exoner- you unless Why I not? unless I interviewed every woman on the planet right I couldn't exonerate you right so yeah, you could
1: exonerate <laughs> That would be time-consuming
0: <laughs> anyway so I, I don't know if people either understand and again the, the ultimate question is this I demand will, to be exculpated will it change one person's opinion I don't know this this whole thing today will it change one person's opinion or vote Maybe one, three, no. So we're going to rejoin the hearing here. This is uh, Ms. Bass from California. She's finishing up making the points for the Democrats about uh, their talking point of if, as anybody else, he would have been charged. She's considered an invasive species, Karen Bass. If you're bored by that, don't touch that dial because Jim Jordan has <laughs> got. Oh his, yeah, Bring he's, you, Jimmy. He's got his jacket off and he's Come ready on. to
2: go. <laughs> that the president told him to have you fired. Can you tell me exactly what happened?
3: I can't be on what's in the report.
2: Well, on page 116, it says the president met him in the Oval Office. Quote, the president began the Oval Office meeting by telling McCann that the New York Times story didn't look good and McCann needed to correct it. Is that correct?
3: It's correct. So, as it's written in the report, yes.
2: The president asked McCann whether he would do a correction and McCann said no. Correct.
3: That's accurate.
2: Well, Mr. Muller, thank you for your investigation uncovering this very disturbing evidence. My friend, Mr. Richmond, will have additional questions on the subject. Are you subject. me? However, it is clear to me. If anyone else had ordered a witness to create a false record and cover up acts that are subject of a law enforcement investigation, that person would be facing the criminal American charges. The American voter
1: is asking, who's I this McCann? That. Who are you talking about? In what?
4: Yields back the gentleman from Ohio. Director of the FBI interviewed Joseph Mifsud on February 10th, 2017. In that interview, Mr. Mifsud lied. You point this out on page 193, volume 1, Mifsud denied. Mipson also falsely stated. In addition, Mifsud omitted. Three times he lied to the FBI, yet you didn't charge him with the crime. Excuse why, me, did you say one,
3: I'm sorry, did you say 193?
4: Volume 1, 193. He lied three times, you pointed out in the report. Why didn't you charge him with the crime?
3: Uh, I can't get into uh, internal deliberations with regard to who would or would not be
4: uh charge a lot of other people for making a false statement. Let's remember this. Let's remember this. In 2016, the FBI did something they probably haven't done before. They spied on two American citizens associated with a presidential campaign, George Papadopoulos and Carter Page. With Carter Page, they went to the FISA court. They used the now-famous dossier as part of the reason they were able to get the warrant and spy on Carter Page for a better part of a year. With Mr. Papadopoulos, they didn't go to the court, they used human sources. All kinds of — from about the moment. Papadopoulos joins the Trump campaign, you got all these people all around the world starting to swirl around him. Names like Halper, Downer, Mifsud, Thompson, meeting in Rome, London, all kinds of places. The FBI even sent even sent a lady posing as somebody else, went by the name Asra Turk, even dispatched her to London to spy on Mr. Papadopoulos. In one of these meetings, Mr. Papadopoulos is talking to a foreign diplomat, and he tells the diplomat, Russians have dirt on Clinton. That diplomat then contacts the FBI, and the FBI opens an investigation based on that fact. You point this out on page one of the report. July 31st, 2016, they open the investigation based on that piece of information. Diplomat tells Papadopoulos, Russians have dirt, excuse me, Papadopoulos tells the diplomat, Russians have dirt on Clinton. Diplomat tells the FBI, what I'm wondering is, who told Papadopoulos? How'd he find out?
3: I can't get into the evidentiary file. Yes, you can, because you filing. wrote about it.
4: You gave us the answer. Page 192 of the report, you tell us who told him. Joseph Mifsud. Joseph Mifsud's a guy who told Papadopoulos, the mysterious professor who lives in Rome and London, works and teaches in two different universities. This is the guy who told Papadopoulos. He's the guy who starts it all. And when the FBI interviews him, he lies three times, and yet you don't charge him with a crime. You charge Rick Gates for false statements. You charge Paul Manafort for false statements. You charge Michael Cohen with false statements. You charge Michael Flynn, a three-star general, with false statements. But the guy who puts the country through this whole saga starts it all for three years. We've lived this now. He lies, and you guys don't charge him.
1: How have I never heard of this I'm curious Nixon as to character? Why.
4: Well, I we
3: can't get into it, and, uh, and it's obvious, I think, that we can't get into charging decisions.
4: When the FBI interviewed him in February, the FBI interviews him in February, when the special counsel's office interviewed Mifsud, did he lie to you guys, too? Can't get into that. Did you interview Mifsud? Can't get into that. Is Mifsud Western intelligence can't or Russian intelligence? That. Can't get into that. A lot of things you can't get into. What's interesting, you can charge 13 Russians no one's ever heard of, no one's ever seen, No one's ever going to hear of him. No one's ever going to see him. You can charge them. You can charge all kinds of people who are around the president with false statements. But the guy who launches every, the guy who puts this whole story in motion, you can't charge him. I think that's amazing.
3: I'm I'm not certain I agree with your characterizations.
4: Well, I'm reading from your report. Mifsud told Papadopoulos, Papadopoulos tells the diplomat, the diplomat tells the FBI, the FBI opens the investigation July 31st, 2016, and here we are three years later, July of 2019, the country's been put through this, and the central figure who launches it all lies to us, and you guys don't hunt him down and interview him again, and you don't charge him with a crime. Now, here's the good news. Here's the good news. The president was falsely accused of conspiracy. The FBI does a 10-month investigation, and James Comey, when we deposed him a year ago, told us at that point they had nothing. You do a 22-month investigation, at the end of that 22 months, you find no conspiracy. And what's the Democrats want to do? They want to keep investigating. They want to keep going. Maybe a better course of action, maybe a better course of action, is to figure out how the false accusation started. Maybe it's to go back and actually figure out why Joseph Nipson was lying to the FBI. And here's the good news. Here's the good news. That's exactly what Bill Barr's doing. And thank goodness for that. That's exactly what the Attorney General and John Durham are doing. They're gonna find out why we went through this three year, three year saga
5: and get to the bottom of it. time of the gentleman has expired. In a moment, we will take a very brief five minute break. First, I ask everyone in the room to please remain seated and quiet. While the witness exit, the, exits the room.
0: Because
1: he's very I, I old.
5: I also want to announce to those Don't in the Don't knock
1: U. him down.
0: So, all um, right, here's something interesting. First of all, I want Jim Jordan arguing on my behalf if I ever get in any trouble. Of any sort. Of any kind, yes. Right. I'll give you some of the facts, Jim. Domestic,
1: professional, legal. Then you, then you legal. just
0: go to my boss, to my wife, to a policeman, whatever. I want you to they do.
1: fix my car wrong.
0: <laughs> I, I, I would like you to meet Mr. Jordan.
1: You call yourselves mechanics.
0: Uh so I'm uh I'm, I'm, I'm multitasking which uh scientists have learned means you do a couple of things poorly. Correct. Uh I was kind of listening to Jim Jordan and I was also watching uh MSNBC's coverage during the break. So they went to their legal analyst Peter whatever his name is. I can't think of, think of his name. He's been his their legal analyst forever. Anyway, um Chuck Todd's interviewing their their legal analyst guy. Sleepy eyes, Chuck Todd and And he he said, and I thought this was interesting, he talks about the points being made on both sides that we've discussed. He wasn't exonerated. On the other hand, that's not what people do. That's the headline on NBC, of course. Peter Williams, the the legal guy from NBC, says, uh, this is not the Robert Mueller we've seen over the years. He was last seen six years ago. And as we can see, the years have taken a toll on Robert Mueller. Yeah. And uh, yeah. so, every, you know, that's a kind way to put it. Robert Mueller is really old. He's having trouble hearing. His mind doesn't work super fast. And I'm thinking when a Jim Jordan was ranting like that, I'm thinking Robert Mueller's catching like every fourth word and kind of knows what the topic is. Right. Yeah. If only because he seems to be quite significantly hard of hearing. That doesn't mean, and this is true for any old person. Uh, this doesn't mean that alone in a room with time and a book that he doesn't, you know, fully understand what he's doing and can do it, you know, completely and well. Right, and he might have the wisdom of King Solomon, but he can't handle the quick back and forth and, uh, you know, recall things really quickly and that sort of stuff. No. He obviously cannot. No. So uh, we'll take a break, I suppose. Yeah, we're skipping the boring stuff and bringing you the good stuff on this historic a, stop saying historic edition of the Armstrong and Getty Show. Fine.
4: Armstrong.
3: The Armstrong and Getty
0: Show is accurate. So um, this historic edition of the Armstrong and Getty Show rolls on as Robert Mueller is testifying before two committees. In if anybody
1: the... brings this show up three days from now, I'll be shocked. Historic. Please. I'm having a re-watching party with my friends this weekend.
0: <laughs> and I realize all you aren't political junkies, so because the Democrats have more people in the House, they control the committees. Mm-hmm. And they get to to make the decisions. And so it's two Democrat-run committees. Um, this first one is a Judicial Committee. My whole life, I've always wondered why these people don't coordinate their act. It seems like as they go through each congressperson questioning whoever it is, that they all are completely independent. Mm-hmm. Rather than getting together beforehand and say, I'm going to ask him about this, you ask him about this, and if I run out of time, you follow up with this. They've never done that. In, in, in my history of watching these things. Not, not often. They all start with their own line of questioning. Right. If there was any coordination with the Democrats, it almost seems to me like to low key it. Cause a lot of them have been really low key. The Republicans have been bringing some fire and saying some really over the top stuff. And the Democrats have mostly been relatively bland. And repeating the things that have been said before about the president obstructed justice, if there's anybody
1: else you'd have charged him. What's interesting to me is that the news business, and you might uh, understand that the word new is in news, um, is just printing quite enthusiastically or trumpeting on the uh, broadcast networks things that are not in the least new. They're just repeating what Mueller has said in his report. Um, they're, and so I just, this is a bit of a nothing burger. I'm really enjoying it because it's fun to watch them go about it. It's a, it's a clown yeah. show to a large extent. And, or, you know, you get somebody like Jim Jordan, who's just really great rhetorically and you hear him beating up on the old man and that's kind of entertaining. Zimmer, uh, he was don't like, take that quote out of context, by the way. It makes like, me look like a monster.
0: Jim Jordan was three sentences away from challenging someone to trial by combat. I thought he was right. fired up. So we're going to catch the end of this dude, this Democrat, who's got something to say, and then we're going to get into Matt Getz, who's a Republican from Florida, on a little of the questioning, which uh, supposedly is, 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 is decent. So here we go.
1: The president also complained that his staff were taking notes uh,
3: during the meeting about uh, firing McGahn. Is that correct? Uh, that's what the report says. Back, Back to, to firing yeah, McGahn. Nobody cares. But in fact, it's
1: completely appropriate for the president's staff, especially his counsels, to take notes during a meeting, correct?
3: Well, I, I rely on the, the wording of the report.
1: Well, thank you, Director Mueller, for your investigation into whether the president attempted to obstruct justice by ordering his White House counsel, Don McGahn, to lie to protect the president and then to create a false record about it. It is clear that any other person who engaged in such conduct would be charged with a crime. We will continue our investigation. and We will hold the president accountable because no one is above the law. Yeah, he's just trying to drum up a couple Fire. more Democrat votes for
0: impeachment. That, oh, is a, that is a point, I don't know if it was coordinated, but they've made it over and over. If there's anybody else who would have been charged, that's right. the Democrats' point of view. Now, Matt Getz of Florida, the, uh, Republican.
5: from Florida.
6: Director Mueller, can you state with man. confidence that the Steele right. dossier was not part of Russia's
3: disinformation campaign? No, as I said in uh, my opening statement, uh, that uh, part of the... uh,
0: uh Oh, my God, Grandpa, it's okay. Everybody gets older. I'm going to sound like that someday. Right. Maybe next week. You sound like that some days. Now, don't put your grandpa in a lightning round. That's right. what we learned from this. Right? Yeah. 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 Good
3: point. Case predated me, and by at least ten months. Yeah. I mean, Paul Manafort's alleged uh, crimes
6: regarding tax evasion predated you. You had no problem charging them. And matter of fact, it's, it's, it, this steel dossier predated the Attorney General, and he didn't have any problem answering the question when Senator Cornyn asked the Attorney General the exact question I asked you, Director. The Attorney General said, and I'm quoting. No, I can't state that with confidence. And that's one of the areas I'm reviewing. I'm concerned about it, and I don't think it's entirely speculative. Now, if something is not entirely speculative, then it must have some factual basis. But you identify no factual basis regarding the dossier or the possibility that it was part of the Russia disinformation campaign. Now, Christopher Steele's reporting is referenced in your report. Steele reported to the FBI that senior Russian foreign ministry figures, along with other Russians, told him that there was, and I'm quoting from the Steele dossier, extensive evidence of conspiracy between the Trump campaign team and the Kremlin. So here's my question. Did Russians really tell that to Christopher Steele, or did he just make it all up and was he lying to the FBI?
3: Uh, Let me back up a second, if I could, Mm and say, as I uh, said earlier, you know, we... We
0: should pick up that question and answer when we come back. Yeah, that's good stuff. That's some interesting stuff, and I have no idea what Mueller's going to say or if he understood the question.
1: Oh, boy, he keeps falling back on it.
0: That's outside my purview. I don't don't know. I take your question. We're getting close to his nap time, too. Stay tuned to this historic Armstrong and Getty program.
1: That was inappropriate.
0: Welcome back to this historic edition of the Armstrong and Getty Show in which Grandpa Simpson is answering questions.
1: That's uh, dismissive and unfair. According to Justice Department guidelines, you should not say
0: stuff like that. You're mean. It is uh, part of the story of the day. Even Pete Williams, the legal analyst for NBC, said this is not the Robert Mueller of the past. Age has taken its toll, which is a kind way of saying he's a really old man now. Yeah. And uh, And he was probably the figurehead of the investigation. It would seem so. He almost had to
1: be. Yeah. In a guiding light, perhaps he's said to be an honorable man and the rest of it. But, yeah, the fact that it it probably ought to be his second in command who's up there answering the questions. Right. But anyway, having put that aside, is this going to amount to a hill of beans in terms of history? uh, uh, So
0: here's Chris Wallace just tweeted. This has been a disaster for the reputation of Robert Mueller.
1: I yeah
0: okay. His current reputation—he's a really old guy. They're really old folks. I love very much. Yeah, and I don't put him in charge of really complicated things. I'm not sure he was. Okay, well then that's its own thing,
1: right? It's own story. And and uh, you know what? Yeah, that hurts his reputation. Um, So he's not this uh, guru, this oracle. He's an old fellow with a great rep. We put him out front. Yeah, it's like Colonel Sanders. He doesn't actually make the
0: chicken. He doesn't. That, tweet that at Chris Wallace. <laughs> he might want to
1: use that. And put that on my greatest hits album.
0: Oh my god.
1: God, we gotta get to there's, the there's a contemporary of the colonel as well. There's yes?
0: another like a panel and a half of this going all day long. Can we tweet at one of the Republican congressmen to use that line? I'm getting the sense that you weren't really the, the head guy, this. Right. You're the face of it. You're like you're like Colonel Sanders. You so, don't
1: actually <laughs> cook the chicken.
0: Is that fair to say, uh, Mr. <laughs> Director, sir? That would be our all-time accomplishment, if we could get that to a Republican. <laughs> That's sad. Who would say that during one of these hearings today?
1: Who is it? It's how. Oh, if if it was a Senate thing, I'd get right in touch with Lindsey Graham. A
0: senator wouldn't say it. A House member would, though. Right. They don't care. No. <laughs> so no. we're going to pick back up with this guy, Matt Goetz, from Florida, who was asking an interesting question about Christopher Steele and the and then the dossier and how that whole start thing started? And,
1: and I realize Bob Barr is working on that, but that is a question absolutely worth hearing the answer to. We're talking about Russian collusion, the whole Steele dossier stuff. That was getting intelligence from Russians, Russian nationals. The Democrats paid for it.
0: There was lying involved. Where are the charges there? What? 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 Why did you not look into that? We pick up with a Republican Matt Goetz.
6: Christopher Steele's reporting is referenced in your report. Steele reported to the FBI that senior Russian foreign ministry figures, among with other, along with other Russians, told him that there was, and I'm quoting from the Steele dossier, extensive evidence of conspiracy between the Trump campaign team and the Kremlin. So here's my question. Did Russians really tell that to Christopher Steele, or did he just make it all up and was he lying to the FBI? Uh,
3: Let me back up a second if I could and say, as I uh, said earlier, uh, with regard to Steele, uh, that uh, that's beyond my purview. No, it
6: is exactly your purview, Director Muller, and here's why. Only one of two things is possible, right? Either Steele made this whole thing up, and there were never any Russians telling him of this vast criminal conspiracy that you didn't find, or Russians lied to Steele. Now, if Russians were lying to Steele to undermine our confidence in our duly elected president, that would seem to be precisely your purview, because you stated in your opening that the organizing principle was to fully and thoroughly investigate Russia's interference. But you weren't interested in whether or not Russia were interfering through Christopher Steele, and if Steele was lying, then you should have charged him with lying, like you charged a variety of other people. But you say nothing about this in your report. Well, meanwhile, sir. Meanwhile, Director, you're quite loquacious on other topics. You write 3,500 words about the June 9 meeting between the Trump campaign and Russian lawyer Veselnitskaya. You write on page 103 of your report that the president's legal team suggested, and I'm quoting from your report, that the meeting might have been a setup by individuals working with the firm that produced the steel reporting. So I'm going to ask you a very easy question, Director Mueller. On the week of June 9, who did Russian lawyer Veselnitskaya meet with more frequently? The Trump campaign or Glenn Simpson, who is functionally acting as an operative for the Democratic mm. National Committee?
3: Well, what I think is missing here is the fact that uh, this is under investigation and uh, elsewhere in the Justice I Department. That and if I can finish, sir, and if I can finish, sir, And consequently, it's not within my purview. Uh, Department of Justice and FBI should be responsive to questions on this particular
6: issue. It is absurd to suggest that a operative for the
3: Democrats
6: was meeting with this Russian lawyer the day before and the day after the Trump Tower meeting. And yet that's not something you referenced. Now, Glenn Simpson testified under oath. He had dinner with Veselnitskaya the day before and the day after this meeting with the Trump team. Do you have any basis as you sit here today to believe that Steele was lying?
3: As I said before, and I'll say again, it's not my purview. Others are investigating what you uh, so, so
6: it's not address. your purview to look into whether or not Steele's lying. It's not your purview to look into whether or not anti-Trump Russians are lying to Steele. And it's not your purview to look at whether or not Glenn Simpson was meeting with the Russians the day before and the day after you write 3,500 words about the Trump campaign meeting. So I'm wondering... How, how these decisions are guided, I look at the inspector general's report, I'm citing from page 404 of the inspector general's report, it states, page stated, Trump's not ever going to be president, right? Right. Struck replied, no, he's not. We'll stop it. Also, in the Inspector General's report, there's someone identified as Attorney Number Two. Attorney Number Two, this is page 419, replied, Hell no, and then added, Viva la Resistance. Attorney Number Two in the Inspector General's report and Strzok both worked on your team, didn't they?
3: Pardon me, can you ask? Uh, they both worked on your team, didn't they? Uh, I know, I heard Struck. Who
6: else were you talking about? Attorney Number Two identified in the Inspector General's report.
3: Okay. And the question was? Did he work for you? The guy who said viva la resistance. Peter, Peter Strzok worked for me for a period of time. Yes.
6: Yeah, but so did the other guy that said viva la resistance. And here's what I'm kind of noticing, Director Mueller. When people associated with Trump lied, you threw the book at him. When Christopher Steele lied, nothing. And so it seems to be that when... Glenn Simpson met with Russians nothing when the Trump campaign met with Russians 3,500 words. And maybe the reason why there are these discrepancies in what you focused on is because the team so was I'm so Time of the gentleman has resist, expired. Pledge to just stop Trump. Jeffries of, of New York is recognized. Wow,
0: Getz,
1: uh, I think we have a
0: rising star. You know, uh, we've talked about this before, watching these other hearings uh, with Kavanaugh and everything like that. Often these backbencher often younger, half the age, half the age people that you've never heard of are way better Mm -hmm. than the people that are sitting in the big chairs at the top of the hour that they get to ask the lead questions. Right. Way better. They bring it much harder and and just, well, they're just better.
1: Yeah. Yet another example of the difference between government and private enterprise. Can you imagine if a competitive private company was organized entirely on who'd been there the
0: longest? Entirely. That guy, he, you're way down the list, sorry, the guy you just heard. We got somebody who's 70 years old who's been here for 40 years that's your boss, Yeah, just because he's been here longer.
1: It's going to be like an hour 45 before you go on, and nobody will be watching at that point. You know, there's a character, a, a, a bit character in The Simpsons, uh, a dejected old salesman, Old Gill was his name. And he was he was kind of the cliched Willie Loman, tired, discouraged, low potential, low energy old salesman. And so we we will occasionally behind the scenes refer to somebody as an old Gill, and the government, Congress, whatever, full old Gills. It's it's organized on the principle that the oldest Gills are in charge, the hackiest hacks. Um. So yeah, it's very sharp and. Uh, He's making a really good case, and it will rally uh, pro-Trump troops uh, to a large extent. I'm not sure that needs to happen. Uh, I am interested in two things. Number one, Mueller's non-explanation of that stuff seems to be all from the same pot. The Russian gal meeting with Glenn Simpson one day, and then Trump the next day, and then Simpson again the next day. You investigate the one, but not the other. We're talking about Russians interfering Glenn Simpson, Fusion GPS, he's an Apple research company, he's involved in the election in a very material way.
0: Why not? Because you were focused on
1: investigating (laughs) Trump, not Russians. Right. I think that is, to a very large extent, true, and I think Getz made the point brilliantly. I I think Mueller has a dodge. He has a great get-out-of-jail-free card on that question, which is old uh, uh, Bill Barr, and the Justice Department and the current crew are investigating that stuff. And so that- he, he doesn't have to say, I don't know why we didn't do it. I didn't want to. He can say, well, it's being investigated by others. That's outside my purview.
0: Even though it is outside
1: guy- your purview because you didn't freaking do it.
0: Um, and will that other investigation conclude in our lifetimes, or does anybody know? Will that happen before the next presidential election? It'll be like fast and furious. It'll just kind of go away. <laughs> it just goes away. Uh, so we got other people asking questions, and as it turns out, some of the people you've never heard of are the most uh, interesting to listen to. The young guns, Jack. We'll bring you some of the highlights, Mueller's testimony on this historic edition of the Armstrong and Getty Show. Please.
2: The Armstrong and Getty Show. This
0: happened just moments ago in the testimony of Robert Mueller in front of a House committee.
1: By your office. You recommended declining prosecution of President Trump and anyone associated with his campaign because there was insufficient
3: evidence to convict for a charge of conspiracy with Russian interference in the 2016 election. Is that fair? That's fair. Was there sufficient
0: evidence to convict President Trump or anyone else with obstruction of
3: justice? We did not make that calculation.
1: How could you not have made the calculation? With the, regulation? the
3: OLC opinion, the OLC opinion, Office of Legal Counsel indicates that we cannot indict a sitting president. So one of the tools that a prosecutor would use is not there.
1: Okay, but, but let me just stop.
3: You made the decision on the Russian interference.
1: You, you, you couldn't have indicted the President on that, and you made the decision on that. But when it came to obstruction, you threw a bunch of stuff up against the wall to see what would stick.
3: Well, and that I, is fundamentally I would not unfair. To, I would not agree to that uh, characterization uh, at all. What we did is provide to the Attorney General in the form of a confidential memorandum our understanding of the case. Uh, those cases that were brought, those cases that were declined, and uh, the, uh, that one case. Where okay,
0: so that's, uh, that's that line of questioning that I was surprised we hadn't heard yet, actually. Right. Right. You
1: went ahead and declined to prosecute on conspiracy, but didn't decline or do anything on obstruction. Why not? That's very strange. Oh boy, I. I, I what I, was the rest of
0: his rambling old guy answer? Oh, that's dismissive. Well, I'm sorry. I, I feel, <laughs> it's
1: not his fault. He's aged. I, I, He's a I, hero. F- He's a decorated veteran.
0: I feel like I'm going to hear an awful lot of the same conversations on cable news shows tonight that I heard uh, when the report came out, yes, and then after he made his statement, and. Uh... But now with exciting sound clips. <laughs> uh, so now we're skipping to who's this? Uh, who's this guy we're going to talk to? A Dem- or listen to a Democrat here. Congressman David N. Cicilline. Cicilline of, uh, of uh, uh, Rhode Island. Rhode Island gets a congressperson? Oh, uh, it's no. controversial. <laughs> it's an awful small state. But anyway, on this historic day in front of the House Judiciary Committee, uh, he is going to ask Robert Mueller, the author of the Mueller report, some questions and it went something like this
5: i'd like to ask you about the third episode it's the section of your report entitled the president's efforts to curtail the special counsel investigation beginning at page 90 and by curtail you mean limit correct correct my colleagues have walked through how the president tried to have you fired through the white house Counsel, and because mr mcgahn refused the order the president asked others to help limit your investigation is that correct correct and was Corey lewandowski one such individual And, again, can you remind me uh, what Well, Corey Lewandowski is the president's former campaign manager, correct? Correct. Did he have any official position in the Trump administration?
3: I don't believe so.
5: Your report describes an incident in the Oval Office involving Mr. Lewandowski on June 19, 2017, at volume two, page 91. Is that correct? I'm sorry, what's the citation, sir? Page 91.
3: Of uh, the second
5: volume? Yes. And, uh, A meeting else? in the Oval Office between Mr. Lewandowski and the President. Okay. And that was just two days after the President called Don McGahn at home and ordered him to fire you, is that correct? Apparently so. So right after his White House counsel, Mr. McGahn, refused to follow the president's order to fire you, the president came up with a new plan, and that was to go around all of his senior advisors and government aides to have a private citizen try to limit your investigation. What did the president tell Mr. Lewandowski to do? Do you recall he told him he dictated a message to Mr. Lewandowski for Attorney General Sessions and asked him to write it down. Is that correct? True. And do you, did you and your team see this handwritten message? Uh,
3: I'm not going to get into what we may or may not have uh, included in our investigation.
5: Okay, the message directed Sessions to give, and I'm quoting from your report, to give a public speech saying that he planned to meet with the special prosecutor to explain this is very unfair and let the special prosecutor move forward with investigating election meddling for future elections. That's at page 91. Is that correct?
3: Yes, I see that. Thank you. Yes, it is.
5: In other words, Mr. Lewandowski... A private citizen was instructed by the president of the United States to deliver a message from the president to the attorney general that directed him to limit your investigation, correct? Correct. And at this time, Mr. Sessions was still recused from oversight of your investigation, correct?
3: I'm sorry, could you re restate- The
5: attorney general was recused from oversight. Yes. Yes. So the attorney general would have had to violate his own department's rules in order to comply with the president's order, correct? Well, I'm not going to get
3: into uh, the subsidiary details. I just refer you again to page 91, 92
5: of the report. And if the Attorney General had followed through with the President's request, Mr. Marley, it would have effectively ended your investigation into the President and his campaign, as you note on page 97, correct? Thank you... you... Page 97, you write, and I quote, Taken together, the president's directives indicate that Sessions was being instructed to tell the special counsel to end the existing investigation into the president and his campaign with the special counsel being permitted to move forward with investigating election meddling for future elections. Is that correct? Generally true. Yes, sir.
0: But he didn't. Right. And that is the question, and some of my favorite <laughs> lawyers on TV disagree on this. Some say... Trump saying, go fire that guy, is obstruction of justice. Others say, but the guy didn't go fire him. So you got a hothead shooting off his mouth. So no justice was obstructed. And those lawyers say, so it's not obstruction. And there are lawyers that I regularly like on on TV on both sides of that issue. Right. I'm not a lawyer. I don't know. There is no right answer. You know the only right answer? is the public deciding whether or not they think that's obstruction of justice in an upcoming election. That's the only way to settle this. Well, and I would
1: also point out, and and, uh, the uh, Democrat Congressman Cicilline there kind of accidentally made the point, There was no corrupt intent in terms of obstruction if the president was trying to get them to stop the investigation because there was no conspiracy. There's no collusion. I didn't get with the Russians. Nobody got with the Russians. I know y'all don't have any evidence that we did because nobody did. you got to quit this. This is ridiculous. That's with no underlying crime. It's hard to get a conviction for uh, obstruction of justice. Especially in a matter like this, where where Trump, a notorious hothead, is saying, this is a witch hunt. I didn't do anything. Why are you still investigating? You have nothing. That's just an innocent guy getting mad.
0: But I, I really think there's only one way to solve this. Let the public decide whether or not they think Trump is the guy who obstructed justice not to be president or not. I guarantee that's what's going to happen. In a presidential election.
1: In spite of the best efforts of msnbc and nbc and cnn and abc and cbs and pbs and the rest of them who will be running all the nastiest sounding clips and jack pointed out quite uh, observantly that as democrats make points about on page 43 of the report nbc news has those graphics ready to go that specific verbiage isn't that interesting and then if a Republican says on page 189 of volume two, well, it just hangs out there in the air. Nobody's got that graphic.
0: Um, so I'll be interested to see the ratings on this. How many people uh, followed some or all of these hearings since 3% of Americans read any of the Mueller report? How many people are watching this? It's very dry. Very and dry. remember, after the Mueller report came out, the polls didn't move tall. Will the polls move on impeachment after this? I don't know. We'll see. But if they don't move again, we got to stop. We just got to stop as a nation. We're, we're like people who cut themselves or something. Right. I mean, we've got a problem. <laughs> right. <laughs> so <laughs> if everybody's mind is made up, we got to quit. Well, tell, tell freaking fat Nadler that.
1: By the way, friends of Armstrong and Getty, very exciting. Uh, Tom McClintock, friend of the show, coming up,
0: he will be putting the grill in. To old man muller in moments yeah more highlights from this historic testimony do you yeah. know there's a whole nother committee after this one this oh, is a judicial it. committee quit making stuff up you're just trying to scare the children then they take a lunch break and then he gets in front of adam schiff Show's committee that can't possibly be true and they do this whole thing again with probably the same questions and the same <laughs> answers and he'll be even older then it's a nightmare <laughs>